Science fiction has recently become one of my favorite genres. I've spent the better part of the past year or two devouring novels and stories from the likes of Ray Bradbury and William Gibson, to films and television series such as Snowpiercer, Black Mirror, and Westworld. And one of the things I find most fascinating about these works is how their worlds are constructed. In science fiction, the worlds created are often technological marvels, a simulacrum of what we hope to accomplish and dare to dream. Societies built on the backs of scientific ingenuity and brain power focused on humanity's betterment and progress. But sometimes the worlds imagined by the author are revealed to be the very dystopian horrors we hope to avoid in real life. From the technological progress that these fictional societies make to how people's lives are changed by the consequences of that progress. Whether it be by a dystopian rule or a drastic shift in cultural norms, science fiction asks us to expand our understanding of what we deem the realm of the possible, whilst fearing the bounds humanity crosses in the process of destroying itself. I'm Ayo Ekambata, and you're listening to Mind Theater, the show where I analyze art from various mediums, exploring my personal histories with them, and revealing what makes them so compelling. In this episode, I'm going to be taking a look at the world of the 2006 dystopian thriller Children of Men and analyzing how the society of an infertile world functions. Children of Men takes place in the year 2027, 18 years after a pandemic that has led to total human infertility worldwide, and society is on the brink of collapse with only a few functioning governments like the United Kingdom left standing. Illegal immigration is rampant as refugees seek uh, try to seek asylum. Anti-government organizations are locked in this ongoing war against their oppressors, fighting for the rights of humanity, and religious fanatics uprise, claiming the woes of the world to be a punishment for their sins. Now, it's never revealed in the movie how or why this plague of infertility has struck the world, and scientists have suggested all manner of theories, from this being a result of the adverse effects of global pollution, radiation, or even global warming. And while, at the same time, these overzealous religious fanatics view the world and society at large as being in the end times, this infertility pandemic a righteous punishment from an all-powerful god. And for all intents and purposes, the world depicted in Children of Men might as well be the end times. 18 years of infertility has brought nationwide collapse, resulting in wars between global superpowers and disease and famine terrorizing many. But the United Kingdom wields a certain level of power, as it's one of the last remaining nations with a comprehensive government, and this government has constructed a new society from the ashes of its old one. In order to see this, you don't have to look much further than how the British government deals with immigration. As stated before, many of the other world powers have collapsed, leading to refugees seeking out the UK for asylum, with foreign immigrants being referred to by many as Fugees. And the British laws rule out immigration entirely. And we see it in the movie, illegal immigrants are rounded up in cages displayed in the city streets, 
and laws have been passed making it illegal to hire, sell to, or live with Fujis. And this disdain for them is also seen in the governmental propaganda. On buses, on television screens, in coffee shops and stores, ads play seemingly 24-7, denouncing refugees and promoting the blind sense of British nationalism. The government we see is totalitarian, but it is also crippled and desperate in its own right. The government uses brutality and means of violence to instill fear in the hearts of everyone and to keep Britain free of immigrants. The right-wing government uses its military police force to establish a network of internment camps, not too dissimilar to the likes of other known internment camps throughout human history. And the government also takes advantage of its people through these mandatory fertility tests. In this world where fertility is a commodity, you'd imagine that there'd be scientists working under the government, and they're working nonstop to try to get to the bottom of this this world's greatest mystery. So, you know, reasons to believe that if someone did ever show signs of fertility through one of these government-mandated tests, they would really be put through the rigor when it comes to, you know, invasive tests on that person and trying to understand how it is they're fertile. And it's really important for us to understand how much of a hold on the people's lives the government has at this point. But as a result of this overarching governmental control and mistreatment of its people, activist groups have been born to fight for the greater good of humanity. In the movie, we see the main character, Theo, is a former activist, along with his ex-wife, Julian, who is the leader of an anti-government group known as the Fishes. The Fishes are a terrorist group, fighting against the government's policies of immigration and ultranationalism making frequent bombings on public places, and altogether fighting the anarchist regime that controls Britain at this point. One of the major things the Fishes gain control of, their linchpin, so to speak, when it comes to the climax of their dreamed revolution, is that they come into contact with a a woman named Key. Now, just to add some exposition to the events of the movie, um, Key is this pregnant woman, the only pregnant woman essentially in the last 18 years and the fishes up to this point have her under their control and one of the major plots is they're transporting her and trying to figure out what to do with her what to do with this baby and we learn over time that many of the fishes leaders and members of the organization see this baby almost as a chosen one a flag in which their revolution can be flown under And this really underscores the way that hope and faith exists in this world. The symbols we associate with hope, children, youth, family legacy, these are all gone in this society. You know, in the first scene of Children of Men, we find out that the youngest person on earth, an 18-year-old named Diego Rivera, has been killed. He's stabbed to death. And... We see people are crowded around a TV in a coffee shop, and they are sad, and they're mourning the loss of this celebrity, essentially. Because to be the youngest person on the earth means to be this this celebrity, this famous person. And with his death, humanity as a whole has lost that much more of its youth, that much more of its vitality. Going back to the way the fishes want to use Key's baby... It's a political symbol to them. In the same way the government would use the baby for possibly overt experimentation, clawing at it for answers, 
the fishes are obsessed with the prospect that this baby could be able to unite the world under a common cause. But considering the baby was born from a refugee, and on top of that, a black refugee, it wouldn't be hard to imagine a government or a society of people unwilling to accept this baby or its mother as the saviors to the greatest threat facing humanity. This is where the organization known in the film as the Human Project comes into the fold. The Human Project is this organization of mythic proportions. They're said to be this group of scientists dedicated to finding the cure to infertility. And they are a group separate from the UK government and the rebel fishes. And in the movie, they have interest in Key and her child, who they think can be of use in continuing their research. And the way the Human Project is described is as this almost impossible to reach, seemingly fictional end goal. The amalgam of the hopes and faith of the society. The thing the characters are forever chasing is wrapped up in this one organization which hopefully has all the answers they seek. And most of the movie is Theo trying to get Key to the Human Project, to a better life. In the hands of the government or the fishes, Key and her baby could be used as objects with only political purposes and implications. But under the Human Project, it's hoped that the purpose Key will serve is scientifical for the betterment and continued growth of society. This is the last statement the movie tries to make. What Children of Men represents to me is that there must be some semblance of hope a society has under such dire circumstances. We are always searching for something greater than us, whether it be a cause to believe in or a savior to save us. And when humanity is pushed to its limits, our true animalistic nature is not invented, but revealed. Governments don't all of a sudden gain power, they simply exercise the horrific might they already have. Rebellions are born not from the newfound understanding of what is just, but from the old understanding breaking at the seams. Hope and faith are commodities, only to be expended when there's something or someone worth believing in, worth fighting for. And in this dying, desolate world, that someone might just be a child. Mind Theater is a solo effort produced and written by me, Ayo Ekimbade. To subscribe, look for Mind Theater on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. For updates on the series and upcoming episodes, follow Mind Theater Pod on Twitter. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.